Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Okay, everybody. Hello and welcome to the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Michael. Spencer is out hunting this weekend, hopefully getting his limit and hopefully willing to share. But anyway, here to recap the Texas Tech win here in Lubbock. Very close, very uncomfortable win, but double overtime. Texas Tech manages to take out the Houston Cougars here at home, 33-30 to with a walk-off touchdown by Donovan Smith was able to uh, rush up the middle and go into the end zone untouched. Smith, of course, had a rough day. We'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, thank you guys for tuning in and listening. This will be my first go going solo, so it could be terrible. But we're going to keep going anyway. Texas Tech offensively today really had trouble moving the ball. Very inconsistent. Uh, we, We saw some issues with the... The line play, we saw some issues, particularly on the left side uh, with, uh, you know, a couple of bad blindside hits on Smith, one of them forcing a fumble that was luckily recovered. Uh, I know that Wright actually went down, I believe, in the third quarter, who was then replaced with Jacoby Jackson. I actually think things tightened up a little bit and got a little bit better with, with Jackson in there, but unsure if that's just me having a little bit of wishful thinking there on that part. I would also like to thank Houston personally for 11 penalties for 121 yards. They essentially kept tech in the game in that first quarter, really shooting themselves in the foot. A lot of those timeouts at the end of the second half were something that kind of boggled me as well. Uh, But I mean, credit to them for how well they played defensively. They were definitely able to get pressure to Smith kind of whenever they wanted to. Um, and Smith did not respond well to this pressure. You know, I'm the, the stats in front of me show that he had two interceptions, but I'm fairly certain it's three. One of them was obviously a pick six. Not the best day for him. It seems like some of the drives went really well. I know it's, I, it seems like uh, noticeably there was a drive where they were being told to get the ball to the middle of the field. Martinez basically owned that drive. They were getting the ball to Pierce a lot more. Uh, Pierce Price. Uh, we expected to see that last week, but really didn't see him get the ball that much. But today, Price came in. Five receptions, 78 yards. Was only targeted six times. Um, and I, I think he was rarely targeted at all in the second half, except for that really odd gimmicky play that didn't really work out. Bradley targeted 14 times, just kind of had trouble getting 
connection with the wide receiver. We've seen Smith have issue with that before, but Bradley ended up hauling in six catches, 50 yards, and uh, should have had another touchdown. Just another one of those things that went, didn't go our way today as, as tech fans. Looks like uh, there's a chance Bradley lost the ball in the sun. It's kind of hard to tell, but Smith did throw a pretty ball right at him and uh, unfortunately was unable to make the touchdown grab there. So, uh, you, you know, running backs, really impressed with what they were able to do. Uh, you know, Tech did have quite a few guys uh, carry the ball today, or at least as much as they have before on a number of carries. Uh, Smith did have a lot of designed carries, so it's kind of hard to tell exactly how many running plays were called today, but I'm showing 44 attempts. Taj Brooks with, uh, you know, right at about half of those, 18 attempts for 80 yards. He did have a, a touchdown. Uh, Donovan Smith, of course, 20 attempts, 28 yards. Not a lot of yardage gained there, um, but had a touchdown uh, that we all know of in the in the double overtime. So I, I think that offensively, one of the big things I was hoping to see was a little bit of more involvement with the tight end. I know one of Smith's interceptions was meant for uh, one of the tight ends. I can't remember who was in there at the time. I think I know it was number 80 and I am completely blank on who that is. I don't know if that's teeter, but I, Wanted to see a little bit more involvement from there. I think Kitley tried to get them in to do a little bit of pass protection as well. Once he saw that the line was breaking down a little bit, especially on that weak side. So I I did at least appreciate the attempt. There was a drive there when, you know, Kitley, you could tell that he was just trying to do different things. I know there was a drive there where Thompson and Brooks were both basically just handed the ball almost every play. And we were able to see what they could do. And uh, Brooks especially just manhandled the ball down the field on that drive. So I I do know that Kitley, I feel less frustrated with what we'd seen the last few years, that they're trying different things. You know, if they see something's not working, they're not just going to keep doing the same thing over and over. I felt like they did adjust to what Houston was bringing, what they were doing. Um, you know, and, and defensively, I really think Tech can hang their hat on how well the defense performed today. Houston's a, a, a good team. They have some good receivers. They were able to keep uh, Dell in check, which is not an easy thing to do. But even so, you know, he, he still managed to get 120 yards today on seven catches, including that 163-yarder, which set up the only touchdown that the Tech defense allowed in Regulation, um, you know, had that blown coverage not been part of it, I do believe it was Taylor Deverson. But I, I think Tech's defense may not have allowed a touchdown um, the entire game. So uh, credit to the defense for what they were able to do. Held uh, Houston to under a hundred rush yards. They only had eighty-eight rushing yards, passing yards two sixty-six. Um, third down, I mean, both teams were bad today on third down. Houston was 5 of 16. Tech was 5 of 18. So not a lot to hang our hats on there on either side because as, as good as we were defensively, we were just as bad offensively on third down, which is a huge, um, I mean, that, that's a glaring problem, obviously. If you're not going to be able to get a first down, 
then it just completely stalls your offense. It gets your defense out there more. It gets them tired. Tech was able to somehow hold onto the ball 34 minutes today, but they just don't, they didn't have a lot of points to show for it. Um, this was one of those kind of frustrating games where you're, you're trying to be positive about a win because this is a win. This is a win against a, a formative team, a ranked team. Yes, it's at home. And, but it's also a team that's about to be in your conference. So it was an important win to establish uh, this type of momentum going forward with McGuire, with his staff, with these players. Uh, you know, Tech was able to gra- uh, you know, grab a couple of turnovers, but you know, they also turned it over themselves. So it, it's just one of those games where you're happy for the win, but you see a lot of issues. It kind of makes you question the season a little bit more. You know, one of the main questions is special teams had – Wolf come out there, you know, he was two for three on the day, made a really clutch 47 yarder with three seconds left, but he also missed a 45 yarder uh, towards the end of the second quarter. Um, But that was on a, on the slash on a bit of a angle. So it was notable that Smith was apparently coached to get the ball in the middle of the field before Wolf came out for that final field goal to tie the game which he, he nailed. I mean, it was perfect. So maybe there's some issues there they can work on. Uh, Garcia came out. Unfortunately, he missed one too. But I feel like once you get college kickers past 40, 45 yards, it's a coin toss at best. And that's basically what happened today. You know, Wolf was, he missed a 45-yarder, but he nailed a 47. So I'd, I'm trying not to look into that too much. Um, you know, we can all say that Garibay would, of course, drill them from you know, the 25, which, hey, that's possible. Maybe he would have. But uh, something to keep an eye on with field goal kickers. To my, If I remember right, I think this is the first field goals Tech has kicked this year. I don't remember them kicking any last week against Murray State. Uh, defense, back to them, just because they were basically the highlight of the day. Uh, Merriweather, again, leading tackler. Eight tackles, five solo. Um You know, Taylor Demerson had seven tackles, five solo. Uh, This defense managed to grab an interception and four tackles for loss, two sacks, uh, four QB hurries. They were just really disruptive back there. There were four breakups as well. You know, Toon was just not able to get really that much going from the quarterback position. He was 20 of 39, 266 yards, one touchdown interception, right at 50% completion. So. He was rushed out of the pocket. He was hit after throwing the ball. He had guys in his face, and he is an elusive guy. So, uh, you know, they were really able to dial up different pressures on him, too. You saw Eldridge make a sack from way on the outside sideline. So, uh, you know, Smith kind of back to quarterback play again. 36 of 57 on the day, 63% completion, 351 yards. You want to see a little bit more out of him. Um, you know, it's, it's hard to tell if the pocket's falling apart and he's having trouble making decisions or if the guys went open. You know, the camera angles are kind of deceiving. But it, it seems like the guys were really open quite a bit. You know, that drive where Martinez just pretty much carried the offense. Uh, I, I just feel like there's there's open guys 
that he's either not seeing or he's being flushed out too fast or sometimes he's just kind of reactively uh, getting a little bit nervous back there and I kind of don't blame him and he might roll out a little bit too soon. You know, the grounding, that's just kind of a, a young error on his part, but I'm just having trouble getting too upset with the team that did win. And, and this is a team that I don't know would have won this game last year. Um, I want to see if, if there's anybody you know, tuning in, if y'all have got some questions or if anything you want to throw in there, we've got a couple of, a couple of questions here. Parrish was a beast off the edge the whole time. Why do we not use one of those three tight ends to help on whichever side he lined up on? That's true. I, Every now and then you would see a two tight end. Well, not really. I, I think they ran two tight ends more in the first game with Smith than they did this one. But you would see a tight end come in and do a little bit of pass protection and maybe go run a route or sometimes just straight up stay back there. I did notice that a little bit more, but I'm with you. I, I would have liked to have seen that a little bit more, get those guys to, to block these bodies coming at you because they were some big dudes that Houston has. And they were very disrupted. Uh, let's see. How much longer? Another question. How much longer is Adrian Fry a punt return experiment going to last? Surely there's someone we can line up back there to catch punts, to fair catch the punts. The Houston punt roll killed our field position on several occasions. Yeah, that, especially that first roll was, was really rough. Um, you know, we've, we've seen and been told that uh, Drew Hocutt is actually a really good fielder and a guy who can catch punts. Uh, I mean, there's a chance Fry still might have been banged up a little bit, but if that's the case, then he shouldn't be back there. So uh, the, the punts returning and fielding, especially in that, that seeing that first one roll back, I, I still remember seeing it just rolling north and thinking, what are we doing? That one was frustrating. Uh, so special teams have a little bit of work. There was also a block in the back on a punt return in the final two minutes that could have really hurt tech. And, but you know, then tech turned it over on an interception anyway. So some special teams woes for sure. Um, I just kind of, so much happened. (laughs) So much happened in this game. I'm kind of at a loss on what to focus on, but the, the positives I will say Defense really played well. Defense held this uh, game in check. And I think Tech just kind of got fortunate with penalties because with the way Tech turned the ball over, they very well could have and maybe should have lost this game. Uh, moving on a little bit just to kind of some odds and ends, I felt that uh, it was really interesting to see the home crowd rush the field. After a double overtime victory, you know, it's it's kind of walking that line of, well, you want a passionate fan base and and you want them to stay and you want them to be excited. And then the other line of, well, would I have rushed the field? Probably not, but who cares? I'm almost 40. If the kids want to rush field, go for it. Um, they haven't seen a lot of wins at, at the Jones in their tenure. And this is a big 12 foe basically. And it was a double overtime win. I do think it's sort of ridiculous, but I'm not going to get too worked up over it. 
Um, I do think that it was impressive that Houston was able to come out with such a gut punch uh, on the opening drive. I think it was four plays, and they were in the end zone, their first touchdown of the day. That was really the only big – well, I mean, there were a couple of big plays, but that was the biggest play, obviously, uh, 63 yards to Dell. Um, The secondary really held up their own today, and that was something we were kind of worried about last week. But I think this week what we saw kind of confirmed were some issues with the offensive line that we thought – might show up. Um, the receivers were very open against Murray State, and they did not appear to be as open today. And so Smith had a harder time getting the ball to him and just a harder time getting the ball out at all. Uh, you know, another fortunate penalty, Dell, poor guy, happened to him again. He had a punt return touchdown negated due to a penalty that happened to him last week against UTSA. And Interestingly enough, UTSA and Houston both have back-to-back overtime games this week. UTSA squeaking one out against Army on the road. Um, You know, I'm sure I'll have a little bit more to think about this and to say about this on the next show once we kind of process it a little bit and look and see who we're able to, you know, kind of what – what happened with, with Wright, you know, if he's okay, um, if there's anything interesting from the post-game press conference that Kitley has to say. But I feel like the defense is your shining light in this. The offense kind of seems like way more of a question mark than it was last week. And the special teams is – I think there's improvement from last year, but Phil goal – Kicking has me a little concerned, but like I said, once you get over 40 yards, it's, it's going to be kind of tough. Uh, one last question or comment, at least those that rush stayed for the entire game. That's a great point. Uh, I, that's, that's another reason why I'm trying not to get too hot takey on that. I fine. I mean, if they're there, like you said, I mean, they, they stayed the entire game. They were there over four hours and stuck it out through the, through the sun, which is apparently unbear- un, unbearable in California, but totally fine in, in West Texas. But, yeah, if, if they stayed there and they want to rush the field, absolutely. Have fun. Be passionate about the team. Go for it. Uh, if anyone else has any more questions or anything they want to type in, just go ahead and type it in. I think I'm going to spend this last little bit of time just kind of going through the rest of the Big 12. Uh, just quickly, I know a lot of you probably kept up with it, but of course, Texas falls today in a heartbreaker at home versus number one, Alabama, 20 to 19 Alabama kicks. I don't think it was a last second field goal, but it was very close. I think there was a kickoff afterwards, but very close game. Uh, Quinn Ewers, of course, goes down in the first quarter. I hate to see that at all. It sounds like he was really playing well, too. We were doing the radio show at that time, so I wasn't able to watch a lot of it. But Texas definitely covered, which was not something I expected. So, you know, we're wrong a lot here. And and I'll speak for myself. I'm wrong a lot here on the podcast. And that was just another one of those times. So Texas did held their own at home, but ultimately lost, failed Alabama. Iowa State squeaked by 10-7 to versus Iowa. This is 
Iowa State's first win against Iowa since 2014. Um, they've only won three since 20, or 2007. So a uh, really good win for them. Not something I expected either, but just kind of one of those typical Iowa games where no one's going to score much. And apparently in this one, the first one over eight points wins. Kansas is taking West Virginia to the wire. There's four minutes left in the fourth right now. Kansas is up 42-34, but West Virginia has the ball in Morgantown, which is crazy. I actually did have Kansas picked on the money line here just because it seemed like fun, and it's been fun so far. Uh, Kansas State took Missouri to the woodshed. Kansas State somehow scored 40 points on 101 passing yards, I think, Agent Martinez threw like 15 times or something. Actually, I have it right here. Let me see if I can click that up there. Yeah, he, oh, what was it? Well, of course, now it's not clicking up. Anyway, he didn't throw the ball much. Didn't have to. Their rushing attack was very effective, and I think they had a punt return. So they ended up knocking out Missouri 40-12 to at home. Currently right now, after being up only 7-3 to at halftime, Oklahoma State has, or Oklahoma, I'm sorry, has taken a commanding lead 17-3 against Kent State at home. Oklahoma State's leading Arizona State 14-3 with 2.45 left in the second. And TCU is all over Tarleton State 28-6 with 10 minutes left in the second. So I think we're all waiting for Baylor and BYU to kick off, which is going to be a pretty exciting matchup. I do think Baylor might win this one, but I don't know for sure. I don't have a good feel on the spread or anything. Baylor's minus two and a half. I'm sorry, BYU's minus two and a half, but I know that they have a couple of receivers out. So just kind of wrapping up with that, let me see if there's any other comments from you guys. I appreciate y'all sending them in. (laughs) Great comment about Columbia. Uh, yeah. How about Henry Columbia and the Thundering Herd taking down Notre Dame? Yeah, that was in South Bend, too, which was pretty bizarre. And I'm, I'm shamefully going to gloat about my tweet where I did my best Kent Hans impression and said that, you know, when the Thundering Herd needed a quarterback, they didn't go to Alabama or Clemson. They got the third string quarterback from Texas Tech. Oh, and of course, how could I miss this? Yeah, I should have mentioned that the Ags lost at home to Appalachian State. Appalachian State somehow scored 41 and lost last week in the fourth quarter, so they are not a team to be taken lightly. But, yeah, you, you know, you go to Kyle Field, you feel like that's going to be a place that's pretty invincible for an Appalachian State-type team, especially I think the Aggies were ranked top 10 in the country, which was crazy to me to begin with. Um, so, yeah, that was a pretty good day. If, if you're wanting to look at it that way, it's not, it's not bad when Texas Tech wins and UT and A&M both have kind of some heartbreaking losses at home. You'll take that whenever you can get it. So with that, I'll probably start right wrapping up. You know, I know we'll have more to say about it. I'm just puzzled by how inept the offense looked at times, but hopeful that they will be able to right the ship. I just know that NC State, despite their, you know, Eastern Carolina missed a PAT and a field goal, 
right at the end of the game, you know, NC State should really be one and one. I can't remember who they played today, but it was kind of a cakewalk team. So they'll be undefeated, of course, and we'll be coming in there undefeated, which is a nice feeling. But I, I am a little concerned about about this team once it travels, and you know what what they'll be able to do offensively. They did, yeah. NC State took care of Charleston Southern today, fifty five to three, which is exactly what they should do. So next week will be interesting and a very good test for this offense. I'm nervous, but I'm hopeful. I feel like Kitley's uh, a good coach, and he's got um, a chance to really get these guys the ball that need it. And I felt like we were starting to see it today, but for some reason it went away. You know, when you see stand out from New Deal and – or not New Deal. Yeah, it was. New Deal and Cooper. When you see Nehemiah Martinez really kind of break through – um, you feel like that this offense is really going to start kicking once you've got six or seven guys you can just get the ball to anytime, but you just got to get it to them. So anyway, with that, thanks everybody for listening. I'm going to sign off for now and we will catch you next time. Look for our podcast when we record Tuesday evenings and we'll check you then. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LVK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.